0: Here we go Here we go Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go This This is it
1: it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Hello Sam. Um are you alright today? No, not really. I've had
0: a miserable day so far. I mean it's halfway through the day. Anything specific. You never know what's around the corner. Do you? Yeah,
1: well, it's not going to improve drastically, I wouldn't think, if it started wow, badly. Geez. Well, cheers.
0: I mean,
1: well, what, what are your plans? What are you doing? What have you done so far? I,
0: I had, I went, I went, put the day aside to work on this book that I'm supposed to be writing.
1: Oh, a book is it?
0: So I went out to a local cafe.
1: Yeah, to, like writers and do. I
0: thought, today is the day I'm going to go away from everything. I'm going to shut down. I knew I'd do this. I shut down my email I put mm. my phone onto flight mode and I'll just focus on writing none of this bullshit that gets in the way like replying to emails and yeah. doing admin right I can't remember why but I switched on my email at some point because there was one thing I needed to send I thought, yeah. I'll switch it on just to send this and I'll shut it straight down again and my inbox something dropped into my inbox which right. was very unwelcome oh shit and, and, I've, and I read it oh. and I'll be honest it's derailed me. Um. I mean, I don't want to be overdramatic. I mean, I want to get through the day. I wouldn't say it's derailed me in terms of my whole approach to life. Um, you know, I've got a good, happy life. But mm. people listening might know what that's like. Where It's like one email and it's to do with money.
1: And oh, it's like fuck, you get really
0: You get one <laughs> you get one thing and then it just sets off a chain reaction in uh, your head. It does with me anyway. And you're like, oh no, but what about this? And then what about if that happens? And uh, next thing you know, you're doing the classic I'm Googling nightmare scenarios. Oh
1: God. Didn't and really prison.
0: But this is classic me as well, is that I am I do have a tendency to leap to the most extreme conclusion yeah. when there's even the most trifling of things. Like Famously, I mean, this is famous amongst relatives because it was so legendary, <laughs> is that my cousin was getting married and she was getting married in, like, Italy. She'd, she'd arranged this big thing and everyone was going out to Italy. It was absolutely idyllic, right? One of my cousins, who I grew, I've got a group of cousins who are sort of similar age to me, who I kind of spent we've, a lot of time with. Yeah, up, so we, we're we're very, we've very had close.
1: stories of your cousins in the past, yeah.
0: Well, some of the Italians, yeah, but these, this wasn't the Italian oh, cousin. Oh, sorry, all right this was actually one of my English cousins part of the same group but she had decided because we have these Italian connections she thought fuck it I'm going to get married in Tuscany." get right. the cheap so <laughs> I was like fine you know I mean I was working at Heat at the time I had plenty of dough I thought count me in this is going to be fucking epic yeah I thought to myself the, I, I'm still drinking. I must have known, part of me must have known that at one stage I'd have to give up drinking forever. But I thought, I'm still drinking at the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: I've got money in the bank. I'm going to fucking Italy, right? And uh, it was... But then on the morning we went, I received a circular like letter. I didn't see it at the time. It was just one of these things, right? My The accountant I was with at the time was being investigated and the inland revenue sent out letters to all of his clients of which there was something like 4000 it transpired Jeez. just saying we think that your uh, your your uh, accountant might have been doing things a little bit iffily no problem but have a look over your books mm. right and check that the everything is right because obviously we know a lot of you will just sign off your accounts without reading them every year yeah so it's a little bit of an annoyance that for most people. And bear in mind, I had a brother who was with the same accountant and numerous friends as well. He was a he was a much used accountant, and everyone was like, mm, "Pain in the ass." Think about that when I get back from Italy. Not me. <laughs> I was on the plane taking. I threw I into a panic attack. I was thinking within moments. I was speculating about white collar prison. Right? <laughs> I hadn't done kind. anything wrong, as far as I knew, and as it transpired, yeah. it was all fine. I was on the plane, and they're saying turn it off, and I was on the phone to a, another to a bookkeeper, like trying to get the, or another accountant trying to get their perspective on it as we're taking off. And the stewardess is literally threatening to throw me off the flight unless I put the phone down. And I'm going, no, this is really serious. I have to complete this call. My wife's going mental at me. My daughter, who's about two, is going, Daddy, why are you doing this? You're upsetting me. Because I'm shouting down the phone, you got to look into this, Bobby. <laughs> then we get to fucking Italy. Code red. Yeah, it was code red. And then we get to Italy, and one of my brothers who hadn't come, who had the same account as me, later told me that it was the moment he knew I was off my rocker because... He said that he checked his phone that evening. He knew that I was in Tuscany at a wedding and that there was 18 missed phone calls from me, right? What I wanted to talk to him about, who knows? He'd received the same letter as me. What more insight did he have? Then on the night of the actual party, there was a disco and there was another cousin there who I'm less close to. I see him less often, but I knew that he had become a big-shot lawyer, right? Hmm. He he really is a lawyer, not like my brother, a pretend one, or my dad, a common law lawyer yeah, this is he useful. Was a proper qualified lawyer <laughs> and i he's younger than me i didn't know him i didn't see him that often and uh, but i'd heard tell of how he'd sort of gone up through the ranks and become a really senior lawyer and so was his missus was a was a top lawyer as well so i see them on the dance floor and I go over and everyone's dancing having a great time. And I've been like a misery gut sat at the side of the dance or refusing to dance because the whole weekend was given over to me freaking
1: out. With just loads Until, of numbers like, it, going inside your it, head, roaming around.
0: Like, cr- I was crunching numbers, right? Yeah. And uh, I see the bloke, I see this cousin, and I thought, oh, he's the one that's a lawyer. So I get on the dance floor <laughs> and dance my way across the floor. <laughs> you know, uh, when you're dance walking. Uh, yeah. To try and make out chilled, nothing weird. Just having Course. a just dancing across a dance floor Towards a lawyer. And my wife said she knew what I was up to because she spotted me. She thought that bastard hasn't danced all night. Where's he off to? And then she saw that I was making <laughs> we'll a beeline for my lawyer cousin. <laughs> I get right up close to him and I'm going, "Hi, how's it going? I haven't seen you in years." He's, like, "Oh, hi, Sam. I'm dancing with you. You must be his, his missus." Yeah. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. Hello, so, love. you're both in the in the law game. They're like, "Yeah, they're having a great time. They're a few drinks." Yeah. I hear you're lawyers. Yeah, that's right. We're lawyers. Oh, do you know what's just popped into my head? You might be able to help me with this. And my wife comes over and I'm literally on the dance floor, like the music's really loud. And you know, you're leaning into someone's head and they're straining to hear you. And she can hear me going, what it is, is I haven't got a full set of receipts for 2008... but I've got a partial set of receipts from 2009 and what do you think like that and they were like looked like their faces should like you know they were dead behind the eyes like how is this happening we we're having a brilliant weekend away in Italy and we've been cornered by this lunatic relative <laughs> so yeah I've got a tendency to overreact and it's it, not even anything as bad as that this morning but one email just a small thing about some money I owe and straight away you're like, fucking hell So it just has put me off my day, it put me off my stride, mate.
1: At that, at this point it might be a good um a good point to advertise once again the Iron Filing Society has subscription service. Mm. So if you give us yeah, three pounds a month so. Uh, yep. we'll give you bonus episodes and early episodes and, and all that kind of thing and if if you've ever wavered about subscribing to it please mm. now is the time <laughs> <laughs> Sam is imploring you to subscribe Talk now call upon
0: your friends your relatives try and get people who you think it won't appeal to in the least to sign up It's a fantastic, to them about its content
1: it's a fantastic Christmas gift get it yeah. in now mm. please oh
0: well never mind yeah never mind it'll all be alright in the end
1: yeah probably might not be, but never mind. Um, let's have some funny story, shall we? To yeah, I'm Live liven things up a bit from the mailbag. Here's one from Andy Wright, um, who is I know Andy Wright vaguely from social media and he does uh lighting at pop concerts and rock concerts and such oh, like. Oh, cool job! And I went to see Half Man Half Biscuit in Newcastle last Friday Excellent. night, I think it was, and they were fucking great. And Andy was doing the, the lights and he did some red and white stripes just for me.
0: Did he? He did. Oh, You've got a really special friendship. <laughs> we are. Have... What's your f- uh, of of all of uh, if you're a half man half biscuit fan? And I only am a like um, I don't really know them inside out. But yeah. what's your favourite title of a song that that half man half biscuit have ever done?
1: Um, my favourite one will be their current album. It came out last year. It's called No One Cares About Your Creative Hub. So get your fucking hedge cut. <laughs> and that's ah, well, an album go. title that's not just a song yeah, but, um, yeah. no they're, they're brilliant no, like, I
0: always liked was it is it their most famous one All I Want For Christmas is a Duke La Praga, Duke La Praga
1: Wake kit, Wake it, yeah and of course there was people at the gig the other night wearing Duke La Praga of course there was beautiful great band if you've never heard them give them a chance they're on Spotify and YouTube and all that sort of thing yeah, um,
0: yeah I've got a great is he, he you haven't read his email no yet. i read his
1: email I just thought I'd chat about him right yeah, he, he says like a nice lad Andy Wright says my favourite bullshit from a lad at work became known as Google Baby Uh, the lad was a massive liar some classics include playing for Scotland under 21s at rugby being a silversmith that's a really good elaborate (laughs) fucking left field kind of line I'm a silversmith me and claiming to young staff on the bar that he was head of department Uh, Anyway, one of the lads on our team and his girlfriend fell pregnant. Q, much congratulations until Billy Bullshit announced, my lass is pregnant too. The nine months were incredible as we waited to see how we'd get out of this lie. Instead, we all got a picture of a baby that looked anything but newborn when the nine months were up. He didn't take paternity leave. (laughs) (laughs) So he showed them a picture of a baby. It's like fucking four months old or something. That
0: reminds me of our mate who, who lied about having a cat. And then when we asked for a photo, he just showed us a picture of a cat that was clearly off of Google image.
1: (laughs) I think that's what we've got here. He's called Google Baby. Mm. Uh, He didn't take paternity, but he did take two weeks off. The team got another picture in that time that a tech-savvy lad ran through Google's similar images feature. Cue a photographer's (laughs) website coming up with a whole raft of Google Baby pics.
0: There you go.
1: Found out. When he returned to work, he started to say the baby was sick and in hospital. Oh, Oh, this is
0: disgusting.
1: This took a dark turn. And Andy says, I couldn't bear to see him kill the kid off, so I sent a text (laughs) in. (laughs) He could see where it was going, couldn't he? Andy could see where this was headed. He says, I sent him a text telling him that we all knew, and if he wanted to chat, we could. It was never mentioned again. Uh, The lad also claimed he once rode all the way to India.
0: (laughs) Just as a little addendum. Yeah. Yeah. Guy's awful, is it? Lovely stuff. Um, that's really good. I've had this one that I've been sitting on for a, for a while now. Uh, stick it in for 20, stop it at 10. That's the title that's the, uh, of the email. It's from <laughs> I really was a big fan of this one, so I'll read this whole email. Okay. Dear Andy and Sam, this isn't a burner email, so I'd appreciate if you use my Twitter handle, which is Belfast Oddball. Fair enough. Have I already said his fucking name again? Can't remember. Fucking hell. Listen, mate, if I have, I'm sorry. But I'll, I'll you check it out. Anything, you don't say anything incriminating in this I'll, anyway. I'll,
1: I'll just bleep it if you have.
0: He says, you previously mentioned my one big crisp anecdote, which I vaguely remember oh, yeah, in the, the early massive bullshits. Someone claiming, I think it was claiming that their nan had one massive crisp.
1: Yeah, in Back. the bag, one crisp. <laughs>
0: Um this story is a strange subgenre of bullshit and weird dads in this case granddads whereby men of a certain age simply assume knowledge of a piece of equipment without any foundation <laughs> yeah that I get that I recognize that I think we need a punchier title but this is definitely a good category <laughs> definitely the story has the added benefits of being succinct and allowing sound to exercise one of his potentially racist Irish accents good you can see now why this appealed to me. My mate's grandad had a penchant for very large cups of tea. By very large, I mean it was the equivalent to about four standard cups. I've seen cups like that before. Yeah. The cup was so big that in the course of drinking it, he would often need a number of reheats in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> His instructions in this regard was to stick it in for 20, stop it at 10. Right. <laughs> When his grandson, my mate, would tell him it was possible to simply put things in the microphone for 10 seconds, <laughs> he would shake his head incredulously and with a knowing glint in his eye, say, ha-ha, it doesn't work like that, son.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. I can picture the fella. Although, of course, in my mind, he just looks exactly like the granddad out of Derry Girls. Um, yeah. My mate told me about this microwave strategy about 20 years ago, and it has always <laughs> stayed with me. Hopefully it makes a grade. Well, it d- definitely does. Uh, stick, it in for t- stick it in for 20. Take it out of 10. Stop it at 10.
1: <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> maybe just put it in for 10, though. Maybe it takes a few seconds to warm up or something like that. That's yeah, probably what it is. I don't know.
0: Who knows? Yeah, I'm sure he had a really legitimate scientific strategy behind yeah, it, mate. He
1: wasn't going to share with anyone. Here's one yeah. from uh, Luke Wildman. And he entitled this one, Hero Story, Asda, Create Your Own Pizza. Ooh. Mm. He says, I just ordered a Create Your Own Pizza from the Asda Pizza Station. uh, Brackets, steak, chicken, onions, jalapenos. Sounds all right, that. Sounds nice. Not to yourself, some obviously being a vegetarian, but, you know. He says, "Um, whilst I was waiting for the bloke to make my pizza, a strange-looking man appeared next to me. Massive bags under his eyes, hood up, messy beard, and in his hand, a six-pack of speckled hen. I instantly thought, this guy's going to pull a machete out. (laughs) (laughs) I imagined he did pull out a machete and tried to slit my throat. I obviously ducked his swipe, punched him in the stomach so hard he dropped his machete. I then threw him to the ground, sat on his back and stabbed him in the back of the leg with his own machete, saving everyone queuing for create-your-own-pizzas. They all cheered and thanked me for being a hero. The pizza man then handed, handed me my 14-inch deep pan, and said, take that on the house, thanks for saving my life.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, turns out the fellow was all right, really. The pizza man gave me mine, and saggy eyes just said, hi, mate, 10-inch deep pan, please. There we go. <laughs> Hero fantasy, par excellence.
0: Um, someone switched me on to a Twitter trail involving an Australian politician right. called Mark Ellis, who is part of some sort of ghastly and idiotic far-right fellow, far right Yeah,
1: I saw, I saw he'd done a thing with his lawnmower in his garden. Well, it yeah, yeah, come he, with
0: that. He, he mowed a swastika into yeah. his lawn. I mean, you know, <laughs> what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> anyway, he's written... He, someone someone tweeted this to me. Let me just tell you it was, actually. it's a regular tweeter by the name of Tozer um he tweeted at me for our attention mark ellis tweeted hi australia my name is mark ellis and i am the one nation candidate for McAllister. pleased to meet you let's open a dialogue someone called michael hing immediately responded with hi mark why are there people calling you a kidnapper on twitter mark ellis responds because of a 30 year old incident of which i am sorry and i've learned a lot It was not kidnapping, though. (laughs) This is the opening of the conversation. Uh, So Michael Hing's written back to him, Whoa, sounds pretty full on. What happened? Mark Ellis writes, I don't want to talk about something so far in the past. I'd rather talk about my policies. Michael Hing writes, What's your policy on kidnapping? (laughs) Mark Ellis writes, Obviously, I am against it. I have not kidnapped anyone. The court proof they came willingly (laughs) (laughs) it's so (laughs) exciting Ah. Uh, how pleased with yourself were you when you kidnapped those indigenous kids and threatened them says another tweeter mark ellis at the time i thought i was doing the right thing (laughs) but i've realized in hindsight it was wrong (laughs) but it and then he writes in caps lock but it wasn't technically kidnapping. <laughs> That's the main point. Huh? <laughs> Anyways, heaps of other things happened in 1994 other than my kidnapping. NAFTA was signed. Historic. I did not kidnap three little boys in 1994. Oh, it's like the song, isn't it? Three little boys. Yeah. They, they weren't that little. They came willingly <laughs> and, and, wait for it, it was a different time. Ah! He's literally said it. Then he's done hashtag... None of this is a joke, by the way. He's done a hashtag, forget the past. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, bet. He was accused while he was a police officer of kidnapping three Aborigine kids oh, and man. just taking them out into the middle of nowhere and leaving them there with a couple of his mates. This is what, I, you know, what it transpires he's on about. But he insists, and we should say for the record, that the court found it wasn't technically kidnapping. Oh, Jesus. Mark Ellis then goes on. He can't get enough of it. Kidnapping. Now, an act of abducting someone and holding them captive. Who have I kidnapped? We all have skeletons in our closet. <laughs> I have opened the closet and shown the skeletons. <laughs> now, the skeletons are gone. <laughs> mm, they're not, though, are they? No,
1: they're not, Mark.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, the skeletons are gone. Unless, I have no skeletons uh, left. Unless, That's unless, not unless, how it Mark, works.
1: You put them in the back of a van and took them in the middle of nowhere and dumped them. Let them run then free. God <laughs> oh man!
0: Yeah, so that was a good one. Thanks for that, Tozy. That's
1: that's a proper psychopathic way of dealing with something like that that you've done that's terrible, and it just fucking it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, there was another article that I read in which he's he, he's very often he stands account candidate he's very often asked um, about it, and he always really just goes, "Seriously, thirty <laughs> still... years later, and you're still bringing this up?" It's not thirty years for starters. <laughs> Twenty-five, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> different times. Now, unbelievable. Um, let me see. All right, go on. We'll leave. We'll leave that there. But any further information that our Australian hunters have on Mark Ellis would yeah. be very welcome.
1: Yeah, good one. Um, would you like to have a sex fill? Yeah, go on then. I haven't one for a while. This is from Rob. Uh, When I was at college, I was interested in a girl on my course who was a couple of years older than me. Uh, I seemed to be putting in all the legwork and getting nowhere. However, the offer arrived to stay over at her house, her own place, so we could go and visit her family in Somerset the next day. When I got there, I asked where I was going to sleep, and she answered, with me. He says, this was clue number one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, Rob, I don't think you need any more clues other than that. But never mind. Clue number two, he says, was nowhere near as subtle, given that clue number one wasn't subtle in any way at all. He says, uh, she decided to show me not one, but two different vibrators that she pulled from her bedside cabinet. Oh, man. (laughs) I dutifully looked at them in naive bewilderment and did not take the hint. Fucking hell. Um The third and final clue landed on dead ears and a useless idiot. She stripped for bed into her underwear, snuggled up next to me, and I lay there looking up at the ceiling. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. What on earth? Rob's got what some you kind want,
0: of... a fucking written invitation on embossed notepaper? It's
1: kind a of psychological disorder. He says, this is the part where I convinced myself for a long time afterwards that if she wanted something to happen, she would have initiated it. Oh... God Um, He says Next day on the way to Somerset We hardly spoke And she was as miserable as sin Not surprised really What a complete cunt I was I don't know what to fucking do with that You idiot Rob you fucking clown
0: You're just an idiot Just an idiot mate Very sorry uh, That that happened to you But you've only got yourself to blame
1: Jalapeño Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: I've got something about Holy Island. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, dear Andy and Sam. I just listened to the podcast that brought back a multitude of memories from my childhood about Holy Island. Going camping and ghost stories. Well, brilliant! Three of our favourite subjects.
1: Lots of boxes ticked there,
0: so we will read on. Firstly, its full title is "The Holy Island of Lindisfarne." Yeah, 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 yeah. We we don't need a lesson on it, mate. We're not on a school trip. <laughs> Back in the olden days, a Catholic organisation called St Vincent de Paul would organise through the church, take children away to a camp on Holy Island, traditionally because their families couldn't afford holidays. What could go wrong with handing your children over to the Catholic church for a week (laughs) 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 on a secluded island? Yeah, sounds fine. It's nice for them to get away. At this stage, I should mention St Vincent de Paul still exists and still run these trips. And as an eight-year-old away from home for the first time, I never got nonced. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for letting us know that. Thanks. Yeah, and um, and to the uh, lawyers of St. Vincent to Paul, it's very important that I, Andy and I stress that there is no indication whatsoever that any nonsense has taken place Ever. on these trips. I or hope not, because my kid's or, school
1: does a trip to Holy Island next year, so you know, yeah, fingers crossed, not,
0: eh? It is not Nonce Island. Uh, during the week away, we'd sleep in a breeze-block-built dorm, eight to a room surrounding a courtyard with pretty disgusting toilet and shower block that resembled a modern-day stables. <laughs> during the day, we would do activities, mainly farting around in the sand dunes, titting about. There was a cross-country run. On a night, we would provide hot chocolate, be we with hot chocolate and would be told ghost stories by the staff. There were obvious ones about monks caught on the causeway whose spirits still wander the island. Ghosts of monks killed by Vikings and the like. One, however, was inspired entirely by a prop which the staff had either made or come across somewhere, which was an old pair of garden shears. Fucking hell. Different times. Yeah. Get the shears out. <laughs> this will shit them up.
1: We'll Holy tell them a ghost cool story,
0: and then you come running in with the garden shears.
1: Holy Island is very much different times. Personified.
0: The story was of a, a half man, half ant. Called Mant. <laughs> it, it, it was as tall as a man, but was mostly ant like. Right. Randomly, it had glow in the dark mandibles, which it would crush people's skulls with. This is where the shears would come in as they were sprayed with luminous paint. The staff would sneak around the back of the block in the dark to the dorm window and bang on it before completely shitting us up with these luminous shears, making out that the mant had arrived. The has arrived. mant has arrived.
1: The mant has arrived.
0: It was fucking terrifying. We lost a member of our group to homesickness after this. That would have been me. Yeah. Although I suspect he was actually traumatized. Well, it's the same thing. I mean,. Homesickness is a a sort of a type of trauma anyway. The worst ghost story was probably due to them running out of stories. Basically, it was a boy who was there for a camp years earlier, and he hung himself in the shower and toilet block and still haunted the block to this day. That was the entire story. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. Okay, children. Eight years old. Eight years old. Let's stress that now, right? Eight years old. old. (laughs) <laughs> on a trip with the church to an island, right? <laughs> Gather round, kids. Now, if you are, has everyone got a hot chocolate? That's nice. Now we're gonna have our spooky stories. Is everyone ready for our spooky stories? Now, Ooh. you are like it, don't you? Is it about man tonight? <laughs> no, it's not about man. Now, listen up. This is about a wee boy. What was his name? It doesn't matter what his name. It was just a wee boy, and. He came here years ago, just like you boys. He came here to Holy Island for a lovely trip with all of his friends. Oh, that's lovely! What happened to him? Well, we don't know why, but a terrible sadness came over him on the second day, and he took a rope and he hung himself till he was dead. And his ghost still here. Anyway, good night, lads. <laughs> Sleep tight. <laughs>
1: Sweet dreams.
0: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that. My eight-year-old eight year me, he goes on to say, Dave, this is eight-year-old me and my mates thought, fuck that. I'm not going in there, in the room where he hung himself, if that little, what Dave calls creepy cunt is haunting it. A <laughs> bit harsh on the ghost. Yeah. He, you know, he killed himself. I don't know why, but he must have been going through a lot of problems. I thought to myself, I'm only here for a week. Who needs showers and toilets? Oh, yeah, because it was in the shower and toilet block that he hung himself. Yeah. The result was no one went to the toilet alone, if at all. And when they did, it was because they were desperate. Consider a group of eight to ten-year-olds, bladder and anal control not yet 100% perfected, (laughs) all desperately trying to hold everything in and then not showering. We were basically a group of shitty, pissy, stinking kids that not even... Oh, no. It gets disgusting. Are you going to stop
1: there?
0: But... Also, I think it's weird that he's indicating that for a whole week they were so scared about this story they just chose to shit and piss themselves rather yeah. than use the toilets. Seems to be what he's saying. Anyway, a little bit of a story about a mant there.
1: Good stuff. He's one mm. from um, from JJ, uh, which he, he he names naughty underground tunnels and King Bullshitter. Oh great! He says, as a 17-year-old, I played for a Sunday League football team and a mate from the team got married and a few of us went back for a weekend away at Newport for his wedding, staying at the Holiday Inn. After a night out drinking in the city centre, we went back to the Holiday Inn to continue drinking at the all-night bar. He sets the scene there, really, of extreme yeah. drunkenness. You kind of see what's coming. Uh, On my way to go for a piss, in a worse for worse state, I got lost still inside the hotel. I went mm. through what I thought was secret underground tunnels it was, actually, it was actually construction work ongoing in the kitchen and surrounding areas. After 10 minutes of being lost in these tunnels, one of my friends decided to call my phone. In a panic, I said, help, I'm lost in the underground tunnels. To which my mate simply replied, this is the Germans. We are coming to get you and hung up the phone.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, he says this became a frantic panic as I went through walk-in freezes and knocked over numerous trays and saucepans. All this noise alerted a security guard who started to try and catch me. In my head, this guy was part of the Nazis and was going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he says- after what seemed like hours on the run from the SS I found my way back to the hotel rooms I had no idea which room was mine but I luckily found an open room went in and went to sleep for a few hours when I finally woke it was daylight and I was surprised to see that I was in a room which had a different view to the room I checked into I quickly exited the room and headed down to the reception where my mates were waiting I told them the story they laughed and called me a cunt (laughs) he says this became the first of many incidents including becoming a stray man and the guy on the doors threatening to kill me well you know send them in as well JJ because they sound alright he ends with one quick bullshit from a guy I used to work with, his motorbike got stolen from his garage and two years later he was down the local beach with a metal detector which went off, he started to dig and after five minutes came across his motorbike that had been stolen (laughs) He says it conveniently also had the key still in it. Despite the fact that it had been buried under the sand and water for two years, it started first time and he drove it home.
0: <laughs> this guy well, that's like what a result for him, eh?
1: Lucky fucker, eh? This guy would yeah. later keep the motorbike inside the hallway of his house, which he shared with his eighty-six year old mother. Every day before work he would start the bike up in the hallway at four forty five AM, nearly giving his mother a heart attack as she lay sleeping upstairs in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and he 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 just says at the end, hope these are worthy of being sent in. If not, fuck them. Which I like. I like that attitude. Yep, I like know.
0: his attitude. It's better than yep.
1: pleading and begging for us to read your stuff I know, out. He
0: should have said, if not, fuck off.
1: Yeah, fuck you. If You don't like my stories.
0: <laughs> I guess he's been back in touch. Our old mate uh, Gary Collier with oh, more stories from the SAS man. And the triads. Yeah. This is part four of Brilliant. the SAS bullshit. I mean, where can it go? Well, let's find out. Gary Colley has written, Alongside his duties in the regiment, inner demon woodland activities, hybrid Chinese language invention, wag servicing, (laughs) and espionage via his secretive code written into Windows 95 waste (laughs) paper bin software, our community bullshitter also became a top-shelf movie star in the early 90s. He came into the pub one day wearing an apricot-coloured crumpled linen suit with the sleeves rolled up to the elbow. <laughs> we all looked forward to a Miami-based bullshit, and we weren't disappointed. While sunbathing at a five-star Miami hotel, he'd been approached by a porn film talent spotters who'd been impressed by the size of his testicles <laughs> filling his budgie smugglers. Hey, excuse me. Yeah, what is it? Yeah. What? I'm, I'm having a sunbathe there. <laughs> Sorry, I am a pornographic film producer, and I couldn't help but notice your gigantic testicles peeping <laughs> out of your swimming trunks. Oh, I, yeah, well, thanks thanks for saying. Yeah, thanks for noticing. <laughs> uh, hey, what's this all about, anyway? <laughs> well, we're making a film, uh, and we're looking for a huge testicle guy to star in it. You could be just the guy. Yeah, all right, I won't pay No. now. What sort of money are we talking about? Anyway, he was whisked away to a film studio and starred in a movie. We're going to whisk you away right now. You ready to go now? You ready to do some porno? Yeah, all right. Yeah, what the hell? He was whisked away to a film studio and starred in a movie. They entitled Elephant Balls. Brilliant. (coughs) I'm going to look that up, actually. Unfortunately, (laughs) it wasn't licensed for a UK release. (sighs) But he went, no, the thing is, right, in Florida... Right, they'll fucking license anything, but here there are strict rules specifically <laughs> on testicle-based pornography. <laughs> Actually, I've got a thing to tell you about testicles in a minute. Okay. Unfortunately, it wasn't licensed for UK release, but he remained hopeful of a booking to shoot the follow-up. However, we never saw the linen suit again. To the woods,
1: yeah. <laughs> reset. Of course
0: that's how he goes and processes it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever told you all the cunters this, but um, uh, and this could be a new category. Things things that you you were told in the playground or things that you assumptions you made about sex when you were a young <laughs> right. hunter yeah. that were incorrect. Yeah. Right. Here's my one. I was on holiday with my Italian cousin once and we were about ten. Yeah. Ten, eleven. We were just first starting to think maybe vaguely about sexual relations. Yep. And I can't remember whether I asked him or he asked me. I think it might have been me asking him, because obviously he was the Italian, so I assumed he'd I assumed by 10 he'd already bedded several women. Of course, yeah. And I went, you know, with sex? He went, yeah. And I said, do you put the balls in too? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember what he said. He went, oh, I don't know. I fucking hope not. <laughs> He looked really panicked. And I went, yeah, me too.
1: Sounds like a lot of hard work. And he said, why do, you
0: think, why do you think this? And I went, well, because when you see people, like, in films and that, having sex, they're always moaning like they're in pain, aren't they? Like, <laughs> oh, 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 The balls are And in. I think it's because it's pleasure and pain to give a like In order to get the pleasure yeah. from your willy, you have to endure the pain from your balls. Of the
1: balls as well.
0: Yeah. And... I don't even know. Yeah, I think that was just an assumption. But other people might have heard sex lies or, you know, I suppose it's in the, the old classic uh, category of playground. It's not quite bullshits. It's playground myths, really. I think like, when you I know, was... stuff like M- Marlboro cigarettes were made by the Ku Klux Klan, polos make you infertile, et cetera, et cetera.
1: When I was, when I was about nine, uh, I got a make your own balloon kit which mm. was basically a tube and you squeezed out some kind of liquidised rubber out of this tube and then you had to put a straw, yeah. like a little blob of rubber. Oh, And you yeah. had to put a straw into it and slowly yeah. blow and it would expand into a balloon and then the yeah. balloon would last about half an hour and go down or burst. Right. And I had a conversation with one of the, one of the lads at school, Brian Appleby, and uh, right. it was a sex conversation and he told me that uh, if the man doesn't want to Get the woman pregnant. He has to put a blob on the end of his knob. Now, <laughs> yeah. I assumed it was a blob so you did it. of this mm. liquidized rubber that came out of well, the that tube. that makes sense. That, that, that makes sense. It, it does. Yeah. You just you just dab it on the end, and it stops yeah. it stops babies from happening.
0: But it's a great idea as well because you get to retain. The pleasure of condomless sex, yeah. effectively, whilst having all the safety, all the benefits of it.
1: I don't know how it works when the spunk comes out, whether it goes into this little blob and then becomes it, it a balloon.
0: Fires, ba- it backfires back down it into your ball back. It goes back
1: up, retreats.
0: It bounces back straight right, back into like your ball b- back, because then you, you get to recycle spunk.
1: Right, yeah. Well, that's good. Maybe that's something that can us think about manufacturing as a top-flight time machine product in the future. Oh, my God. Have you ever been
0: to... Um, have you ever been to a fertility clinic? No, I I have, <laughs> like y- years ago. G- as a journalist, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I've, I I have actually. That's another story. Oh God, we, uh, when I was quite young, right. Um, young journalists, probably like mid twenties, and the editor of the magazine I was working on said, "Here, listen. I want you to do a bit of undercover investigative work." I went, "Fucking great, count me in, mate." <laughs> Where's the false moustache yeah. and the fucking hidden camera? I'm like Donald McIntyre. Eh? Is there any digging I said, involved?
1: That's the only way this could I be was any like, better.
0: Eh, what's the story, gaffer? No problem. You want me to infiltrate the triads? No problem at all. I just go and get my costume sorted. I come back out in a kung fu costume. <laughs> No, he goes. Listen, um, there's all these ads everywhere for uh, male fertility treatments, right? Or yeah. it was like trying to pers- uh, not not fertility. This was to do with impotence, right? And it was basically it was when Viagra was still, you know, it wasn't like on the market here. You had to buy, cause it's only recently you can go and buy it in boots yeah. in it or wherever, isn't it? Apparently. So this was, we're <laughs> going back to, like, the late 90s here. And he said, like, basically, there's all these rip-off clinics on Harley Street, and they get you in, and they tell you that you've got a medical condition that right. makes you impotent, and then they flog you really expensive Viagra or similar products. Right. And he went, but the truth is that most impotence in young men is down to stress right stress anxiety lifestyle issues right that's not medical and i'm like yeah 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 and he goes so i want you to go and i said why me he goes because you are the youngest writer here in the office (laughs) and he said and i remember being really chuffed. he goes so you are the least likely to have a medical condition with regards erections (laughs) and i was like i puffed my chest out of that didn't i I said yep fucking right mate (laughs) fucking right
1: I've got a fucking lob on right now. Do you want to see it?
0: (laughs) Not like these fucking limp, dick, piss-head old hacks. All right, send the young buck along. Hey, pig face,
1: I'm off down the fucking knob clinic.
0: (laughs) You're fucking welcome to it. I've done that story plenty of times before, (laughs) I can tell you. It's a fucking classic, that one. (laughs) Right, so he said, go down. I said, so what do you want me to do? He goes, go down. Make up a story. It's a fucking shit story. This, yeah, like <laughs> he goes, go down. He goes, make up a story that your uh, that your girlfriend is threatening on leaving you because you can't get it up, and then really stress to him that you have got a really really stressful lifestyle and a really <laughs> stressful job and you work late and you're under real pressure all the time. Yeah, he went because then what he should do. Is say that you need to go and see a therapist or psychiatrist mm. or make some lifestyle changes. He goes, but what he will do is say, "Right, we'll fix this with an expensive prescription for Viagra." And I was like, "All right, fine." So you know, it's hardly fucking Watergate, but you know, <laughs> whatever, get what you're given. So I go along to this expensive thing. Really young. Ooh. I mean, the whole thing was like yeah, um, <laughs> trying to remember the story. The uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, thing is right. I was like, i got a job. It's not as a journalist. It's just something else. <laughs> uh, I think I said I worked in the city, which is really unconvincing. I was just like this lanky, like, fucking long-haired dick in, like, scruffy trainers. I didn't look like one of these city boys. And I went, yeah. So anyway, right, i got this really high-powered job, and it's awful. And anyway, he goes, I think I'm going to... Uh, I think I'm going to... Um, I think I'm going to lose my girlfriend because I have had an erection in weeks, but I'm really stressed. I'm really, really stressed. I'm really stressed and worried about things all the time. So the guy goes, that's no problem. He goes, we're going to have to take a blood test from you, which you will pay for. All right. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And he goes, and then we will probably prescribe you some Viagra. So I'm like, fucking bingo. Here I we go. I nailed this story. Give me the blue right? pill. So she fucking comes. He goes. He gets the nurse, who, by the way, of course, is sexually attractive. That's Whoa. one of their tricks, isn't it? Yeah. And she comes out. And she goes. I'm going to take some blood. And she ties the thing around my arm, you know. <laughs> and then she gets the syringe out, and I go all well, fucking dizzy. You remember the stories of me passing out in the coffin and drop, and drop and all exactly. of that. I've gone fucking dizzy, and I've gone, oh, oh, oh excuse me, I've got to sit down. I've got, I've got to lie down. Can you get me some water? And they said, is everything all right? I said, thing is, I'm epileptic, and I often pass out in doctor's surgery, so you better watch out. And he goes, you're epileptic? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, hang on a minute. And this is true, right? He goes, uh, if you're epileptic, you're, we're not supposed to prescribe you Viagra. Whoa. Because blow your mind. it will. Yeah, apparently it, and interferes, with, it interferes with your wiring. Right. right. <laughs> Gives your brain an erection. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, oh fucking hell. I've blown the whole story. Oh, I'm not that badly epileptic. I'm just a little bit epileptic. And they said, no. And so I thought he'd back out then and I'll do He goes, but I can prescribe you something else that's a herbal remedy. Right. And I go, what's that then? And he wouldn't tell me, but he kept putting two fingers out as if they were a penis, an erect penis and then rubbing them with the other hand and going, It's just a little herbal thing you use. And he wouldn't meet and he's just staring into my eyes and Jesus rubbing Christ. one finger with another. He goes, little herbal thing you use to help you along the way. And uh, anyway, he flogged me that. And the story fizzled out, to be honest, all because I was like incapable. You know, I wasn't really Donald McIntyre after all.
1: That triggered something when you said it gives your brain an erection. Mm. Here's something that seems to have disappeared along with fingering and winding. Do you remember that thing where you'd call someone a knobhead and you'd do a wanking knob motion on your forehead? (laughs) That's disappeared. That was it. That should come back.
0: But. Do you, you know what about the blowjob thing where you're pretending that you're putting a dick in your arm and you're doing a tongue out yeah, the other cheek? Yeah, so it looks like there's a knob sideways into yeah. your cheek. Um, that made no sense really, did it? The mechanics of it, well, however, I still do it sometimes
1: just for fun because you can just for the I
0: do it, I did it the other day to my wife as a sort of a form of flirtation. Oh, uh, yeah. It just... Just like, sickened her.
1: Like the story, it fizzled out. I've just we're, yeah. we're, We've run out of time, but I've just got this little thing that's flashed up on Facebook from one of my mates, and I'm not going to name him because it's embarrassing, but he's just put that moment when you... He's, he ran the London Marathon yesterday, which could be an excuse for this, but he said, that moment when you take your family to Gatwick Airport then realise you're actually flying from Stansted. Oh, oh mate. Fuck. Fucking oh,
0: hell. That is a now. That is disastrous. Yeah. He's done all some, bastard. like, laughing
1: emojis as well, so he's probably going to be this all right. the
0: sort of shit that i do. I'm always making mistakes like yeah. that.
1: All right, that's it from the, the delve into the mailbag. We're going to be back with a new Kevin Keegan episode tomorrow, but only if you're an Iron Filing subscriber. Uh, you'll get to hear it a week later if you're not. And then Thursday is going to be the next Keen Odyssey part two. Again, Iron Filings only. Sam's got a big tax bill to pay, everyone. Dip in. It's not pockets.
0: tax, it's something else, but it, yeah, basically get involved. And just remember this, I mean, I, I'm not sure if this is true, but if you enjoy listening every day and you, you're you satisfied with getting an old Keegan, right? A week old Keegan, crusty and used, <laughs> full and a bit of smelly. Ancient right? references, yeah. What do you do on Thursdays? What do you do on Thursdays? What do they do on Thursdays? They don't have a get on Thursdays. No, they
1: get nothing. They have to have a so,
0: day So... What do you fucking do in, on the way into work? What do you listen to, <sighs> eh? Hey? The guilty probably. feminist, the guilty fucking feminist, right? In, also, when you could be listening to the the guilty cants, which is the an alternative title to our podcast. Also,
1: if anyone's still listening to this episode, which statistics suggest they're not because it's on forty four minutes now, um, we're going to do some <laughs> we're going to do some live shows soon. And if you're an Iron Filers Society Whoa. member, you get a heads up and early bird tickets on live shows. Early
0: bird early bird so think on tickets you, you type bastards yeah
1: not telling you how to there live but we're telling you how to live right yeah. that's it we'll be back again uh, with Keegan tomorrow thanks for listening ta ra bye